Hi everyone. Um, so this is our first podcast. We're making it as a um, companion to our Tuesday videos on YouTube, on our YouTube channel uh, for Seiko 101. I thought that it might be um, easier to do it as a podcast rather than worry about everything else in a video. Um, the only thing is we are not um, super set up with like a cool podcast studio or anything and our kids are mostly asleep but we have three cats and a dog a puppy running around so you might hear <laughs> a dog come running and barreling in like a lunatic maybe maybe um but anyway that's not why we're here we're here to talk about watch stuff so now i guess i will let spencer talk um, it was completely Sabrina's idea to do a podcast. Uh, I actually, I couldn't quite, people said podcast and I don't know why I blanked on this, but I'm like, I couldn't figure out what a podcast was. Was it like a live performance or something? And then I had to realize that it was basically just a video without any images. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we're sort of piggybacking this along with, um, our, the sort of the Sega 101 idea that we're doing, which is also basically allowing us me to run Sabrina through a lot of the basics of Seiko. Because I've, I've been doing this for a long time and I don't really know much of anything. Like when we um, first got the, the crystals, because Jonathan Koch, who did the um, Hardlex reproduction Seiko crystals. He was the first guy to ever like reverse engineer original Seiko crystals, which were then unavailable. Right. And so. we, took, we took over with his blessing. He handed that to us before he died. Right, so then Spencer's like, well, I'm working, so you're gonna have to sell the crystals, and I'm looking at all of these numbers, and I was really kind of scared. I'm like, okay, a 320W34GA00, I have no idea what that means, but okay, I'll figure it out. And I've figured it out for the most part, but I can't remember what crystal goes to what, even though I've been selling them almost every day for years, and it's kind of silly that I don't, know much about my job so i am here to learn as i'm assuming you are as well yep absolutely but the part of the thing too that i think it's a really good idea is it it makes me very nervous that i have so much information in my head and uh, i don't have it really documented anywhere and there's no one really to right now to follow up with me the kids are all too young and they're doing other stuff and sabrina has her a lot of her own things going on so hopefully this will be educational for you and for her and and of course we know that the best way to learn is to teach and maybe i'll learn something too okay well today we are going to be talking about the 6309 divers yep. uh the 6309 divers as you all know is people call them the the turtle that's the nickname for them they oh, wait were, that's the turtle the, well it, it was the the turtle, if you want to call it the turtle, uh, is an official nickname only for the 6309 reissue, the SRPs. This this one had an informal nickname of turtle for a very long time, but serious collectors, quote-unquote serious collectors, <laughs> hated that nickname and never used it. They would just call it the 6309 diver or the cushion case diver. Uh, they would never use the, they would sort of sneer at anyone calling it turtle. Well, I remember you sneering. Yeah, well, you know, because everybody else sneered. And, and you got over it. If you want to call it a turtle, go nuts. I think turtles are cute. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> yep, anyway, so that's, 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 we are talking about this. They're very, they've been increasingly popular with Seiko. Um, collect, collectors of vintage Seiko, I mean, they really love them. 
their values have been rising and rising and rising. They are very much sought after. And when the how much are they approximately worth now as of March third, twenty nineteen? Well, I got to tell you that I mean, good ones. I mean, you you you're whistling Dixie if you think you're going to get anything under four hundred, four fifty now for even a decent one. Something really good, something like like this. I'm holding the a nineteen eighty seven. Uh, non-SUA in near NOS condition. This is a $1,500 watch now when you get them like this because it's still got the remains of the original case back sticker. This is this is a nice watch. But even something like like this one, where this is a an unrestored original SUA from October 1977, and it's in good condition. It needs to be restored, but it's it's not imperfect. It's not perfect. It's got some bangs and bumps, but even this, this is a good watch. This is a four or $500 watch now these and days. And in our video, we will show these. Um, yeah, we will, we will talk about these. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So I was doing some research on them since I know nothing. And I read that these watches were made between 1977 and 1988. Or so, roughly. We don't have hard and fast production dates. Everything we know about what Seiko does is based on observation. So, and observations can change. It's just like any other kind of science. You have a theory, and then if you have evidence to support or disprove a theory, and then if you come up with new evidence, that changes things. But this is like this this watch from 1987, this cushion case is September 1987, and that is really, really, really late because for a number of years by the time this thing had been made, Seiko had been had been pushing more the the slim case designs, the 6309, 7290s, and stuff like that. Okay, well, for people like me, I just learned today what a cushion case was, so why don't you explain what a cushion case is? Again, it's just a term for these early Seiko... 6309s, the ones with the big round case that people call the turtle, and people also call them a cushion case, versus the later slim case 6309s, uh, which had the same exact case as the quartz uh, divers, the 7548s, and that slim case was the one that survived. When the 6309s and 7548s were discontinued, they they used that for the 7C uh, divers, 7C43 divers, and then when they came out with the 7002 divers and then the SKX divers, they've perpetuated that case. All right. So, but this is, it sets that aside from this cushion case. And the cushion case ended in basically 1988 until the SRPs were reintroduced. What year was that? Uh, the SRPs were reintroduced this, uh, in February before Sebastian was born. <laughs> Sebastian was born in 2016. So there you go. November 2016. Okay. Um... Anyway, okay, so then you told me that these came after the 6306. Right, 6306, which is Japan only, came first. And they look similar. No, they look absolutely, I pardon me. Sorry, as a Diet Coke. I have a Diet Coke. They look exactly the same. I mean, there are minor little differences here and there, but they look exactly the same. 6306, the main difference is, of course, that it has slightly different uh, dial code on the bottom and it has a kanji English day wheel. It has uh, increased jewels, 21 instead of 17. And is it the hacking? And it hacks. Okay, so then the 6309 is an automatic and it doesn't hack or wind, correct? Well, it's an automatic wind, but not a hand wind. So, but does it hack? No. No, no, it does not. It can be made to if you can come up with one of the rare 
6306 hacking levers and a 6106 bridge that has the hacking lever channel in it. But um, no, they do. They did not come out hacking. Okay, so let's take a step back. What is hacking? Hacking is when you you have it's basically it's second setting. It's when you pull the crown and the entire movement stops. It enables you to set a watch to the second, uh, which is good for like. Um, uh, coordinating if oh, you have a number of people who need to have their watches running you know to be uh, synchronized at the same time that's what you use hacking for or also most people these days like hacking because you can set your watch to internet time and then you get a real sense of how long you know how how accurate your watch is okay um the other thing we were talking about and that you felt very strongly about was i was Okay, so the watch is a 6309-7049 is, and then there's um, a 7040. And I was doing my research, so I don't sound like an idiot. And I read on a worn and wound that a 7049 is North American only, and a 7040 is Japanese and worldwide. Then... I was on somebody's blog getting more research, and he said that a 7049 is North American and worldwide, while a 7040 is just Japan. And I said that, I asked you, and you felt very strongly about this. So. Well, that's sim- it's just simply, it's just not true. Okay. Oh, well, the the first, well, there's a bunch of different stuff that we can talk about with this, but the greatest indicator is day wheel language and so you have a 7049 is typically you know they're 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 typically going to have um spanish and english as a as a day wheel language if you get to 7040 you're going to have every kind of day wheel language you can imagine you're going to have roman english you're going to have arabic english you're going to french english you you can have all kinds of crazy different things but you're not going to have what would the Japan, the Japan home market, which would be kanji English. The only 6300X variant that has that is the 6306, which is the only Japan only version of it. Um, also, the other example that I used is I pulled out, um, I pulled out our, our proof marked 6139 6000. And that's proof marked with the notch case. And I said, well, and, and so that's zero. And that's the that's the world, but it's not a JDM version. And I said, in the American version of this watch is the 6139-6009, which is resist marked with a notch case. But nine is North America. Nine is America, basically. So 7049, that's going to be North America, just like the 6105-8119. That's the North American version. And the 6139, so I'm sorry, the 6105 8119s are much less often seen than the standard 6139, I'm sorry, 6105-8110s. And that last number is a big deal. They made a lot more of the zeros than they did of the nines because the nines were only for us. Well, I I just think it's weird or interesting that that North America got the special watch and Japan didn't. Well, I mean, but Japan had the 6306 oh, okay. with a higher jewel count and hacking. Okay. The Japanese, their JDM, I mean, they, they they tend to save the best stuff for themselves. Well, can you blame them? Nope. <laughs> they do the same thing with like their Nissan Skyliners, you know, the beautiful old cars that can't even be imported into this country. 
they can't. No, a lot of them they can't. It's a real big deal. Like you have guys who are you know real gearheads and you know street racers and stuff, and they really want these like these these Japanese JDM only cars, and they they're just a bear to get them imported. Apparently. Okay. All right. Sorry. Um, I swear I was listening. All right. The other thing I saw that this person said was the the crown and knurls, which I am told is the little grippy things on the crown. Mm-hmm. Um, they come at four o'clock. They are at four o'clock, not at four thirty. Why would he? Why would he say they were at four thirty and they're not at four thirty? No, they're. I'm looking at it right now, and it's pretty much. At yep. Four o'clock. Sorry, I don't know whose blog it was. I, well, he's got. You know, the thing is, is everybody can make mistakes, and we all have more things to learn. Okay. Well, whatever. Um, okay. The other thing we were talking about was the crown tube. Oh yeah, that's that's a real challenge. Okay. Well, because the cases are made. These cases, I mean, they're beautifully made, but they're one weak area is the crown tube, because uh, the crown tube is permanently fixed into the case. There's no way to replace it, and so if the crown tube threads are damaged because people are not careful when what, they, like when they're winding it yeah when no and when they're when they're screwing the crown down okay. they don't take time to, to to make sure that the threads are meshed before they turn the crown down and if you cross thread it if you jack up the threads you're pretty much done that's the end of it wait so what would people do back in the day this is a new watch you jacked it up Oh, well, back in the day, you could send it in for Seiko service, and they would have a replacement case. I mean, Jules Burrell still has a code for those replacement cases. Of course, they haven't been available for decades. Wait, so if you screw up your crown tube, you have to change the entire case? Well, officially, yes. I made a tool that allows me sometimes to correct mashed over threads on the crown tubes, and I've had a good amount of success with it. Um, And it's, it's just sort of a tool that I can use to sort of clean the threads out a little bit. The other option is I really want to start getting to the point where I can do, I can fit, if, if a crown tube is totally beyond saving, is to find a way to um, do something totally different, like putting in a Rolex triplock style crown, which would be really burly well, if one was able to do that, though of course it would not be stock. Oh, well, obviously, but it's either your watch doesn't work or it does. Yeah, I know, it's, <laughs> it sucks. Uh, but it's one of those things, sometimes with if people, if the crown threads aren't too bad off, sometimes if you get a brand new crown with fresh threads, sometimes that can also help. But it's just a matter of you just got to be careful when you're screwing those things down. Okay. Um, something else I read was that dials are often faked. Yep. So There's a fake dial right there. What? That's a fake dial. Sorry, I wish I could show you. Oh, I can see that it's, I can see, because I've been looking at these watches all day, I can see it. it's fake. This particular variant is a much, is an older, older, this is an old mod that someone traded into me. And it, this has one of the old fake dials. It's supposed to say Hong Kong on the dial text. It says Hong Ko. <laughs> <laughs> okay, again, when we have the video, we will... We'll show this because that's actually kind of funny. Yeah, that used to be one of the ones that was produced a lot. They're getting a lot better now. The aftermarkets are getting better, but as usual, they always get something wrong. Usually, it's the—I mean, there's—it's—it's basically—it's impossible to top the clarity and precision of Seiko's printing, especially with text. Mm -hmm. And the on the repro dial, the text, the the dial printing is kind of blobby. 
Okay, cool. So then on Tuesday's video, we will show that. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I was reading about was a SUA versus non-SUA dials. Correct. So why don't you talk about that? Well, they had different dial codes uh, and some other little subtle things. The, the key things for SUA, um, uh, where's the, give me that. All right. <laughs> Key thing for SUA, like your classic SUA dial is going to have a, a deep bevel around the date window, like a big sort of angled cut in around the entire thing. And the and the dial text is going to say Japan 6309-704LT. And that is, that is, and there's a space directly under the six marker. The non-SUA dials, they will have a much shallower cut out typically around the date window and they have a lot more this is after the factory moved to hong kong and they will say 6309-704xt with a sua symbol movement and dial japan cased hong kong which means the parts themselves were manufactured in hong kong and then shipped back to japan to put together apparently according to this dial text though that could be wrong dial japan cased hong kong um, there was also, there's a third variant that has a very short, um, it's a non-SUA variant, very short series of text just under the six marker. And it just says uh, 6309-603LT, I believe. Uh, but those are actually pretty rare. And I don't know why those were made or what the thing was. There's some thinking that they were a service style, but I don't honestly know. What's a service style? That's when you send your watch in because you, your crown threads are jacked up because you cross-threaded your crown and you got moisture into your watch and the dial's destroyed. And so you send it into Seiko service and that's the s service style that they produced maybe after the run of the watches, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Because they tend to have those, they tend to have the same shallow cut around the date window. So I, they're not SUA. Okay. Well, something I know is I know what crystal goes in it. It's a 320W34GA00. Yeah, and we make these in our clarity is excellent. Yep. And Adrian Selick at Vintage Time Australia has put a number of these through a really big series of professional pressure test cycles. And our closest competitor, which is Crystal Times, uh, his crystals have shattered during this test. Ours never have. Because yeah. ours are made in Switzerland uh, for us through uh, our our provider company, which is GS Crystals, and they are the oldest crystal company extant in the world. And ours are made of tempered mineral glass made in Switzerland, which is the same stuff the original crystals. Yeah, and so it's Seiko called theirs their their variant Hardlex. Uh, it was a trademark. So, but we ours are ours are extremely good. Okay, and then the strap that it came on is the GL831. A831 at Uncle Seiko sells? Well, repros? he sells, yeah, he sells the new, he just started coming out with the new reproduction of the GL831s because people really like the GL831s. Uh -huh. um, but they're, if you feel, this is an original, feel how sort of stiff it is? Uh -huh. Yeah, it's like these are getting harder and harder to use. Um, they're not terribly rare, but I mean, there has there's a hole in the market where they don't, these are not available, and there's definitely a call for them. Oh, well. Um, okay, and then the other thing I saw was that it, well, the watch was worn by Ed Harris in The Abyss, 
um, for your fun movie fact. And also there's some pictures of Mick Jagger wearing one. Yeah, Mick Jagger wore one. I found a blog post that somebody had, and I forget where I drifted across it. I think it was actually on Instagram. And all he does is post pictures of Seiko and movies. And the 6309s were in a ton of different movies. Like there's some movie in the 80s um, Oh, with Josh Brolin, and he's wearing one. There's I an... couldn't find that. All I all I saw was about Ed Harris online. Oh, and there was another picture of who was the die guy who who um, call it Game Over Man, Game Over from Aliens. Uh, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, another movie. He's wearing one. Uh, they just they show up a lot. A lot of people wear them. Oh, okay. Well, they were pretty ubiquitous in their day. Yeah, well, I couldn't find anything online. So oh, well. I will. I will believe you. Well, you see, until I accidentally found this guy's Instagram, I, I didn't know it either. It's right. not until I saw these shots. I've never seen anybody talk about them. Well, and you don't know the person's Instagram? I can't remember. I'm, I'm sure I'm <laughs> following him. I would just need to look at the people I'm following. Okay, well, then we'll look for that for Tuesday's video. Um, but that's about it that I had put together to talk about. Okay. Well, that's it. The 6309 just proves that, you know, good industrial design has staying power. And Seiko knocked it out of the park with this one. It's a beautiful, beautiful watch. It's a design that already has stood the test of time and will continue to stand the test of time. And they're going to they're gonna keep going up in value, man. Watches like this in this condition, they're, they're the real deal. Okay. Well, hopefully that this idea of a podcast worked. Um, and I do an okay job editing. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it's we're having to dedicate a lot more personal time to, you know, growing this stuff. But people ask about this stuff. And if I can save this information, then great. So I guess we will see you in our next video. Okay. So, Thank bye. you, folks.